welcome to this presentation of Bethel Family Church. We hope you enjoy listening and that it helps you to grow closer to Jesus. Uh, we come to the, the second part of this series that we've been doing called Faith That Works When Life Doesn't. And last week we talked about, if you were here, remember, we talked about problems and troubles and trials and we've been looking at uh, the book of James and the book of James says weird and strange things like when you go through trials be happy, Uh, (laughs) consider it an an opportunity for great joy, obviously there was something wrong with him, no, he understood something that I think often we don't, didn't he? he, understood that problems and trials and challenges can actually be good for us, can actually bring benefits, can actually, when, you know, when we understand the purpose, when we see them from the right perspective, when we see them from God's perspective, they can actually cause us to grow and be mature and, and more like Jesus. This week I want to, I guess, talk a little bit, kind of the subtitle if you like for this week is Faith That Makes Tough Choices Easier. Who wouldn't like a bit of that? <laughs> We all have kind of tough choices and particularly when, when things don't all go smoothly. Sometimes they're, you know, it, it's crude. Some of you uh, are really great at making choices. I, I'm not a particularly decisive person. I used to think I was indecisive but now I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> so I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, about making choices now, often, like last week, before we kind of get too much into to choice, I want to just talk about that they're often, when we go through a crisis, when we're facing a trial, or when we're facing a challenge, and I think most of us have probably got some experience of this. We've all been through, if nothing else, we've all been through the last year of dealing with COVID, and we've, we've all, those of you who are whaler people, you know the, the challenges that we've had facing because of one steel and all those sorts of things. So there are kind of different ways that we respond when there are kind of big crises or big challenges or big trials that we go through, isn't there? I want to just kind of walk through a few because there are different kind of ways that we react to things. And sometimes there's kind of like this this progression of different stages that we go through in how we respond to things. I want to just look at that quickly so we can understand that. The first often is denial, isn't it? It's like, ah, It'll be fine. It's not a problem. I don't need to worry about it. It's not going to happen, you know. And I, I think when we came to last year and it was COVID, it was all a little bit of that kind of stuff at the beginning, wasn't it? It's like, oh, it's just something that happened in China or something that's happening overseas, but we don't need to worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's just like a cold or, you know, all this kind of stuff. And it was sort of there was a lot of sort of denial. There's, there's probably still. I mean, maybe you've talked to people that are like, oh, it's all a big hoax. Yeah. <laughs> and there was, there was a bit of that going around, wasn't there? And there still is, absolutely. The second step is dismissal. It's like, okay, you know, maybe it's real, but it's, it's not really a big deal. You know, it'll blow over. It's, you know, just, it's, it's not such a big thing. It'll, it'll be over before you know it. Then sometimes we come to defiance. And, and I think probably we've seen this a little bit more, we've seen it a little bit here, but maybe more so, you know, when you watch the news about places like America, and there's like, I'm not going to let this limit my freedom. You can't make me wear a mask. I'm not going to do this and I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to live my life the way I always do. Uh, and, and sometimes there's kind of that, that sort of response, particularly when it has an impact on us personally. 
there's that kind of like, no, you can't make me do it. Then we get to like this delayed acceptance where we go, we kind of like, okay, you know, I guess it's a kind of a big deal after all and, you know, I guess it's going to kind of affect me in a way and we sort of get to that, all right, I suppose I have to do something, you know, about it after all. And when we get to that point, often what comes next is disruption. And a lot of us have kind of been through this last year, particularly with all this COVID stuff. It, it changed at least for a, a while and at least for a time and in some ways it changed the way we had to do things. It changed the way that we did church for a couple of months. We had to meet online and we couldn't do the kinds of things that we normally did. It was disruptions in when you could go to the shops and how much you could buy and, you know, all those kinds of things. There was interruptions and, and stuff to the way, what, what we've become used to as the normal way of doing things. And then often that leads to the next one, which is distress. It's like it starts to kind of become a, a stressful thing. It becomes this sort of, this isn't going away. This is going to change everything. This is not just going to be over next week. And it, caused, it has caused, and I imagine is still causing in a lot of places, distress and worry and anxiety. And, you know, we only have to start talking about vaccines and, you know, there's, there's worry and there's stress and, and distress. But the, the, the last step and one that I think hopefully we... Uh, can get to and what I would like us to be able to get to is determination. We say, you know, with God's grace and with God's strength and with God's help, we can get through all of these things together, whether it's COVID, uh, whether it's, you know, things that happen at one still, whether it's other sort of calamities or crises or problems or trials and I think part of what's really important with that is is about talking about getting through it together and remembering that we are a church family and we're not alone. We don't face things in isolation. It's not just me that's going through this terrible situation, but there are others who I'm going through it with that can encourage me and that I can encourage at times. And I think that's that's one of the, the great things that we have. And as we look at things from God's perspective as we uh, understand His Word and how He wants us to face challenges, we can have confidence and that can grow. This kind of faith that we're talking about in this series, this faith that works even when life doesn't. And so it's not going to, you know, when we kind of get to that step and we, you know, mature in our, in our faith and our relationship with God, things aren't going to bring us to an end we're not going to collapse under the the pressure or the stress of things we're going to be able to see it through with God's grace and as we do it together so having having kind of established I guess some of that kind of stuff I want to talk about how how does trusting God make tough choices easy because no matter what we're going through no matter how determined we are sometimes there are moments in our lives when we have to make tough choices now, what do I mean by a tough choice? Sometimes there are choices that are just like we have to make which are obviously right and wrong. Sometimes there are choices we've got to make about whether to do what we know is right or whether to do what we know is wrong. <laughs> now, that, that, those choices aren't necessarily easy um, to make because sometimes doing what's right means that we know that it's going to bring pain or it's going to bring 
uh, a loss or it's going to be inconvenient or it's going to cause difficulties in some way. And so sometimes we've got to make those choices. But that's what I want to talk about this morning, I guess, is kind of those those other sort of choices that are not necessarily monumental, they're not necessarily life-changing, but they're the kind of choices when there's not an obvious or a clear kind of right and wrong. You know what I mean? It's like sometimes there are choices where there are like multiple options which are all equally good, or there are multiple choices which are all equally bad, (laughs) if you like. You know, the old yeah, damned if you do, damned if you don't, between the devil and the deep blue sea, um, you know, trying to choose the lesser of two evils or, you know, sometimes it's like that there's no choice where we get away unscathed. <laughs> you know, it's like, and, and, and sometimes there are, uh, you know, maybe there are two, you know, or multiple kind of options, but they're all equally difficult or all equally painful or, you know, all kind of equally inconvenient or something and so it can become a really tough choice and if you're anything like me it can be really easy to kind of get caught in that sort of indecision because I don't like any of the outcomes or you know all of the outcomes are equally uh, you know good and I'm worried I'm going to choose the wrong one and but there's not a clear or obvious kind of standout kind of choice. Now one of the things I, I found it really interesting in preparing I sort of planned this kind of topic a few weeks ago and I didn't plan it around what's going on in my life right now but we've been doing some research and looking at buying a new car and uh, you know everybody's got a different opinion about what sort of car you know is the best and you know there's Holden fans and Ford fans and Nissan fans and you know people who swear by uh, Hyundai's or you know Toyota's or you know whatever (laughs) and and in looking at this kind of stuff uh, and trying to work out, there are so many options. There are, there are hundreds of different options. And, uh, and it, that makes it really hard. Uh, and you can look at this one and go, oh, this one looks really good. And it's kind of got, you know, like six out of the eight options that I'd really like. But it's missing those two. And I look at that one because that's got those two options. But then it's missing, you know, these ones over here. Or there's this thing. Or, you know, there's this factor or that factor. And, you know, at least in my price range anyway. I don't know about your price range. But <laughs> on my budget, I'm going to have to make some sort of compromises or sacrifices somewhere along the way. And it, and it almost seems like, you know, you could, you could throw a dart at half a dozen different options and you have no way of knowing which is going to be the best one. You can always find someone who's had a bad experience with this brand or that dealer or, you know, uh, and, and that sort of thing. So sometimes there's a little bit of... Uh, I kind of related to this, I suppose, is what I'm saying in preparing this and I didn't intend for that to happen and it was, it was a little convicting and I'm not happy about that, but... <laughs> God and I will chat later. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes when we're in those situations, there's kind of this temptation to go, well, you know, if they all kind of, all the options kind of seem equally good or equally bad or whatever, you know, why not just kind of toss a coin and see what happens or, or you know, throw a dart or whatever. But I want to encourage you not to do that. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, uh, <laughs> but uh, but don't, don't just, talk, like entrust your decision to just you know like a random flip of a coin or a game of chance the, the the power to choose is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given us and in in many ways it's what distinguishes us um, from the rest of God's creation we've been created in the image of God and we have this this ability to choose stuff and you know like um, 
most of creation doesn't get to choose where they live or, you know, you know, kind of, you know, what's for dinner tonight or, you know, all those kinds of things. You know, sometimes there, there are all those kind of little choices that we make, but the ability to choose things for ourselves is a, is a wonderful gift. So don't kind of abdicate it or, or just go, no, I'm just going to let someone else make the choice or whatever. Like, exercise, exercise your ability to choose because God's given you that ability. But it would be great, wouldn't it, if there was a way, sometimes in those moments when you're getting up Sunday morning and you don't know what to wear, just, you know, if that decision was just a little bit easier. Or, you know, it's like it's, it's 5.30 and you know you've got to cook something, but you're really not hungry and you don't know what to cook and, you know, you're just like, ah, wouldn't it be easy, wouldn't it be great if that choice was just a little bit easier? No, those... those <laughs> preaching to my wife right now (laughs) but when we face those tough decisions and everything kind of looks like you know whatever I don't know what to choose there's no obvious right or wrong Um, how can we make those decisions a little bit easier so I want to talk about that a little bit this morning And, and a big part of this is about trusting God how how does trusting God make uh tough choices any easier let me say firstly this when i trust god and you write this down this is one of those spots in your notes where you can write it down it says when i trust god he gives me his wisdom when i trust god he gives me his wisdom and we read this last week and i want to hopefully i won't overlap too much or i'll bore you all because repeating last week but we touched on this just a little bit when we talked about facing problems and choices but god promises to give us his wisdom we read this one in in james 1 verse 5 it says if you need wisdom ask our generous god and he will give it to you he will not rebuke you for asking when i trust god he gives me his wisdom and when it comes to making decisions which is what wisdom is really all about. Wisdom is really all about making the right decisions, isn't it? When we, if we have God's wisdom, then we'll make the right decisions. And that's a great thing, isn't it? Now, why should I desire wisdom? Why is wisdom so important? Now, we're going to look at a few passages of Scripture from Proverbs. If you've already looked through your notes, you'll have seen there's lots of stuff from Proverbs there. And I know lots of you do that. Um, it's just cool. Proverbs is written by... Uh, Solomon, who was king over Israel uh, during one of the most successful, prosperous times in their history. It was kind of like the the highlight, um, the high point of Israel's history was uh, during the reign of David and Solomon. But Solomon was known as the the wise one. He was known as the the king who was uh, renowned around the nations for his wisdom. And we read in the story that when he became king, God appeared to him in this dream and, uh, and promised to give him anything he wanted. You know, money, power, um, success. He kind of basically offered him whatever he wanted on a plate. And Solomon, obviously already showing a degree of wisdom, uh, <laughs> uh, said, you know, what I want most is wisdom to be able to rule the people well. And God was really happy with that. You know, if you know the story, you know that um, uh, God granted him supernatural wisdom over and above what is, you know, what he normally already had or demonstrated what is kind of human wisdom. And, uh, and God said, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you all the other stuff as well. 
And, and Solomon writes a lot about wisdom. He wasn't perfect. We all know the you know, hundreds of wives and concubines part of the story, if you've read anything about Solomon. But he did understand the importance of wisdom and he shares some of his insights uh, in the book of Proverbs and some of his thoughts. And uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Solomon declares things like, if you want to be happy, if you want to be successful, if you want God's blessing in your life, you need wisdom. So let's have a look at at just a couple of verses here. They should be on your notes there. We've got them on the screen as well. Some of the things that Solomon said about wisdom. Proverbs 3.18 says, Wisdom is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Happy are those who hold her tightly. It says, if you hang on to wisdom, it's kind of like this this life-giving thing within you and it will make you happy. It will bring happiness into your life. Proverbs 4 verse 7 says, Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. How's that for a statement? <laughs> Being wise is really wise. Uh, who would have thought? No. <laughs> but he's like saying, you know, whatever else you do, develop good judgment. He's saying the most important thing that you can develop or cultivate or get or gain in your life is wisdom. Is that it? And, and he understood because he knew that um, uh, when, when God grants you his wisdom, everything else kind of follows, doesn't it? Proverbs 24, verse 14 says, In the same way, uh, it's talking about honey being you know, sweet to taste and good for you. He says, In the same way, wisdom is sweet to your soul. If you find it, you will have a bright future and your hopes will not be cut short. Some translations say your future will be secure. And a lot of us kind of... That I, with all the things that I think we've been through in the last kind of couple of years, there have been moments, haven't there, when the future didn't seem particularly bright for, you know, particularly for Wyala, you know, not that long ago. Future was, there was a little bit of a cloud over the future of Wyala, wasn't there? And it was all sorts of doom and gloom and, you know, all those kinds of things. But there's been lots of times too when our future kind of didn't seem very secure for a lot of people. And there was a lot of concerns and a lot of uncertainty. And we do live in a time where it's hard to be certain about much when it comes to the world that we live in, isn't it? But Solomon's right, you know, do you want to be blessed? Do you want to have God's blessing? Do you want to be happy? Do you want to have a future that's bright? Do you want to have a future that's secure? It doesn't necessarily mean you'll never lose your job, but it means that your future in God is secure and no matter what happens he'll be with you he'll be taking care of you and providing for you and he says if you want that focus on this one thing wisdom getting wisdom attaining wisdom so how do we get that kind of wisdom sounds good doesn't it yeah sounds I'm in for that I'll I'll have I'll have some of that but how do we get it here's uh, three things three three ways that will help us to get wisdom in our life number one put god first in my life make god the top priority in my life put him first in my relationships put him first in my finance put him first in my my career and my job put him first in my recreational life what i do how i wind down now that doesn't mean I have to, you know, like live like a monk and have my nose buried in, in my Bible, you know, 24-7 and all that kind of stuff. And every waking moment, I've got to be reading the Bible. I don't, that, that's not what we're talking about, all right? But God loves it when we enjoy His creation. 
God loves it when we enjoy spending time with our family and friends. God loves it when we work hard in our job. You know, there's lots of scriptures that talk about, you know, work hard, honest days, work, honest days, pay, all those kind of things. God is absolutely for working hard, providing for our families, spending time with our families and those that we care about. Uh, All those things are good, but they shouldn't ever be our top priority. They shouldn't ever be the things that we trust in. They shouldn't ever be the things that are the things that provide our confidence and our security. Those have to come from our relationship with God. I think that's what what he's talking about when he's saying, make God our priority, is that we look at how do these things affect my relationship with God? Where, Where is my trust? Where is my confidence? Is my confidence in my career and my ability to earn money so that I'll have a secure future? And if, if it is, then we begin to tend, we find that we tend to prioritize things that further my career over maybe the things that God is calling us to do. And maybe God is calling us and saying, hey, you need to spend less time with that and trust me to look after you with your finances and with your job security and with your career and with your future because I've got some people that I want you to, to talk to. I've got some, some things that I want you to do. I've got some ways that I want you to serve. I've got some, thing, uh, some, some stuff that I want you to invest into and sow into for my kingdom that you won't see any return for in this lifetime but what you're doing is you're sowing up and you're investing into your bank account in heaven. Psalm 110, uh, 11, sorry, 111 verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. All who obey His commandments will grow in wisdom. As we prioritize our relationship with God, as we prioritize listening to God and obeying Him and following Him in every aspect of life, it doesn't kind of make us miserable as sometimes we're inclined to think but it, it kind of brings life and brings joy and brings wisdom. Proverbs 15 verse 33 says, The fear of the Lord teaches wisdom and humility precedes honour. He's saying when you honour God, when you put Him first in your life, you get wisdom. When you're humble, you get wisdom and the more humble you are, the more you depend on God's wisdom because you, you understand how much you need it uh, and you recognize how much you need it and you begin to rely on God's wisdom and, and not our own. And the more that you rely on God's wisdom, the more other people begin to recognize God's wisdom in you and it brings honor. Other people will honor you and, and recognize that in you as we live in a way that is, is humble and dependent on God. We all know the old saying, you know, pride goes before a fall. And pride is one of those things, isn't it, that kind of uh, gets in the way of things like listening to other people, hearing other people's opinions and thoughts about something. If we're already convinced we're right, we're not going to take seriously an an opinion or a view that's different from ours, are we? Like, no, 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 I'm right. (laughs) Uh, Pride prevents us from recognising our own areas of weakness. And the things that, um, that, that we're not good at. But humility uh, helps us learn from others, acknowledges our weaknesses and faults, and that leads to growing in wisdom and making better choices. 
So I put God first in my life. Second way to get wisdom is to practice God's Word in my life. Now, God's Word, I'm sure I probably don't have to convince too many of you here this morning that God's Word is full of wisdom. God's wisdom is, is in, his, in His words that He's recorded as, his, uh, as it's been inspired by the Holy Spirit for our benefit. Second Timothy says, all Scripture is, uh, is God-breathed. It's the very breath of God and is useful for instruction and correction, training in righteousness. Um, but here's the thing, we don't get wisdom just by owning a Bible, do we? You know, a lot of people have got one and it's sitting there on the shelf and going, oh yeah, you know. Um, we don't really understand often uh, a lot of the stuff that's in there. Here's what I thought was interesting. We don't get wisdom even just by reading it. There are a lot of people who have read the Bible. There are a lot of people who have studied the Bible and haven't necessarily gained wisdom from it. We get wisdom by following it and doing what it says to do. We don't get wisdom just by reading it if that's as far as it goes. If we don't actually put it into practice in our life. Jesus told this story, you probably know the story of the wise and foolish builders and he says anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise but anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish. He says I'm not just saying this stuff just to entertain you with a nice story. He's saying this is stuff that I'm telling you because I know that if you put it into practice in your life, if you make this the way of life, the, the stuff that you live by, then you will, there'll be wisdom in your life. There'll be blessing in your life. You'll be happier. You will experience more freedom. You will experience abundant life that is full of joy, full of peace. You can cope with any kind of situation that comes up if we take God's Word and put it into practice. John thirteen seventeen is that, that verse when Jesus just washed the, the feet of His disciples and He's created the, or you know, established this pattern of servant leadership and He says, now that you know these things, God will bless you for doing them. He says it's not enough just to know that God wants us to serve each other, you actually have to do it. If you want it to change your life, if you want it to bring God's blessings into your life, we need to obey and follow the pattern that Jesus set for us. Uh, Rick Warren uh, has a great quote here, I was listening to him uh, yesterday and and I wrote this down because this particularly struck me and I thought I'd share this with you. He says, the only parts of the Bible that we actually truly believe are the parts that we practice. The only parts of the Bible that we really believe are the bits that we actually put into practice. If we say, oh yeah, I believe prayer is powerful, but then when we're in a crisis and we don't turn to God and we don't pray, what does it actually say? It says, I don't think praying is going to make any difference. That's what we really believe, isn't it? If, if we don't turn to God in a, in a crisis uh, and, and pray, we don't believe in the power of prayer. No, just so that, that, that was that was a little challenge one. So, uh, why should I do what the Bible says? Why why is this such a big thing? Second Samuel, chapter twenty-two, 
Uh, I don't have it here, obviously, on my screen, but it's a, just a little short bit. David um, uh, prays this prayer, this, this song uh, to God, and he says, God's way, he declares, God's way is always perfect. And again and again through, through Psalms, and we could pull out many, many examples where David talks about God's Word. He talks about how perfect it is and how blameless it is and how it leads us into truth. And, you know, God's, God's, when we, can, we can do things God's way or our way, usually are the kind of the options that we have, aren't they? And, and when we do things God's way in the way that He directs, when we live God's way, God's way is always perfect. Uh, James chapter 1. Uh, a little bit later on, verse 22 and 25 from what we were reading before, he talks about this idea and he says, don't just listen to God's word, you must do what it says, otherwise you are only fooling yourselves. That's pretty strong words, isn't it? He says, for if you listen to the word and don't obey, it's like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away and forget what you look like. Now, I don't know if you've ever done that. You kind of walked past the mirror and seen, oh, you've got a dirty smudge on your face or something. You go to the bathroom, you go and wash it off, and by the time you get there, you forgot why you were there. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or get distracted somewhere along the way. Oh, that's right. I was going to put the stove on or, you know, I was going to, you know, do that thing or turn it off or, yeah, if you like. Um, but he says, but if you look carefully into the perfect law, so he talks about God's Word as being like that mirror that reflects back to us the, the dirty smudges on our face or in our life. He says it's, it's a perfect law that sets you free and if you do what it says uh, and, and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. God's blessing is in obeying and putting into practice His Word in our life. Now, I find it really interesting that he says that it's God's law that sets you free because often we feel like or we associate laws with restriction, don't we? And we feel like uh, obeying, uh, you know, doing things God's way, is, God's way is all about restrictions. And we often hear that from people, don't we? It's like, oh, you know, not allowed to do this, not allowed to do that. And, you know, Bible's all about rules and regulations. And, you know, and, and in, in some ways, uh, I think people kind of get that from religion because often religion can be all about rules and regulations, can't it? Restricting my freedom, restricting my enjoyment, restricting my choices. But what James is telling us is that obeying God's law, obeying God's word actually sets you free. That doing things God's way is not about just kind of like, you know, walking down the same path, but, you know, avoiding some potholes along the way. It's choosing an entirely different path. It's getting off the path that leads to death and getting on a different path that actually leads to life. And he's saying that's what obeying God's word is, 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 is like that. It's about choosing a new path that leads to life and to freedom, about living a different way and it's not about just kind of oh you can't do this and you can't do that and God wants to take all the fun out of things he wants you to to enjoy and, and live life and you know do enjoy nature enjoy fishing if you like if that's your thing um, enjoy you know going for a drive in my new car when I eventually get it I don't know uh, <laughs> he wants us to enjoy you know playing a game with the family you know having a barbie at the beach or, you know, whatever it is that, that he's, he's not against those kinds of things. But he wants us to have freedom 
from addictions, freedom from sin, freedom from all the things that, that bind us up and tie us down and the, the, sometimes the choices that we make when we go, you know, this is, this is my choice and my freedom, I'm going to do it and we end up uh, in a place where we're chained up and we're, we're a slave to that addiction, we're a slave to that sin, we're a slave to that thing and we're not happy and we're not free and we're not enjoying, we don't have peace. To get God's word, put it into practice. Thirdly, get some godly people into my life. Not only do we want to get God's word in our lives and put it into practice, but we also want to be around. It helps us to be around other people who also put God's word into practice in their life. The people that we spend a lot of time with influence us. They can be people who encourage us and build us up, that strengthen us in our faith and our walk with God, or they can be people who weaken our faith and our walk with God. We can be around people who uh, don't build us up, who uh, attack us or criticize or bring judgment. Now, it's not saying that we, we just kind of cut those people off and never ever speak to them again sometimes we don't have the option of doing that especially if we work with them uh, you know but but there are kind of you know we have to be intentional and mindful of the kind of people that we spend time with that we allow to influence to speak into our life uh, and spend a lot of time with who are the people in your life that are the influencers who are the people in your life that are that you spend a lot of time with at the moment? Are they people that build you up? Are they people that encourage you to, to pray? Are they people that encourage you to, to get to church? Are they people that encourage you to spend time with God? Are they people that maybe draw you away from that? Proverbs 13 verse 20, some wisdom from Solomon. He says, Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Says walking with wise people makes you more likely to make wise choices. When you hang around with foolish people, it leads to difficult circumstances, it leads to getting into trouble, it leads to bad stuff, it leads to bad choices. Okay, so that's that was a long first point, wasn't it? <laughs> When I trust God, He gives me His wisdom. The next ones will be shorter, I promise. Number two, when I trust God, He frees me from second guessing. You know what I mean by that? When I talk about that, you know, sometimes when we have those kind of choices and then we finally make a choice and we kind of go back to that, you know, we, we've made the choice and we've bought the thing or we've done the thing or whatever and then we spend the next three weeks going, oh, I really hope I made the right choice. Oh, but what if it was wrong? Oh, but what if this happens? Oh, but what if that happens? And you kind of go round and round in circles and it's sort of like some sort of weird form of self-torture. Some of you have no idea what I'm talking about because you just make decisions and then move on and you forget all about it. I don't know. Maybe there are some of you here that do that. Some of us this can have this kind of second-guessing and questioning and... You know, and, and it's really annoying when you kind of, you know, you, you make a decision and, you know, like we talked about um, not long ago, um, when you, you kind of go and you see the same thing in another shop for like, you know, 20 bucks less than what you bought that one for last week and you go, oh, I should have, I should have waited just a little bit longer. 
you know, and, and then that just kind of adds to the cycle because every decision we make after that is like, oh, but what if some other shop has it cheaper next week? You know, maybe I'll just hold off, maybe I'll just wait, you know, but there's this kind of second guessing that we get in about whether or not we make the right decision. Uh, James 1, uh, 6, uh, 7 and 8, it says, When you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of, when I, when I read that, I, I, it reminds me a little bit of what it was like last year when we were like in the middle of all the, the COVID stuff and it seemed like the rules changed every second day. And I was like, you know, if, if that's not sort of being blown and tossed around <laughs> by the wind, I don't, I don't know what is. But it's kind of like you, you never kind of knew quite where you were and you was always in this state of sort of limbo, um, particularly, you know, for me it was about, you know, are we going to be able to do church? Are they going to change the rules? Is, you know, is there going to be some outbreak? Are we going to be in lockdown again? Are we going to have to go back to doing church online? Please know God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, I know that that was that was deep feels there. Uh, you know, and, and so he said, you know, he's talking about this make a decision. When you make a decision, you know, when you when you've prayed about it, when you you've talked to God about it, and you know, you've asked for His wisdom, you know, and, and he, you you feel like He's led you and He's made a decision. It, it can free us from that kind of second guessing when we put our trust in God and go. God, I want you to lead me and I want you to guide me. We can, it allows us a little bit more freedom. Now, sometimes we still have to make choices about this area. Some of us who are particularly prone to this kind of thing, we've still got to make that choice to, to let it go, to put it down, trust it in God's hands and go, God, I'm, I'm not going to keep going around and around this, this, uh, this dance or this, you know, whatever. I made my choice and I'm going to trust you for what comes out of it. Um. He says that the person who's, who's divided in loyalty should not expect to receive uh, anything, not, should not expect to receive wisdom um, from God. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world and they're unstable in everything they do. If we feel like, you know, we, we talk to God about stuff and He's like leading this and then sometimes there's that thing, isn't it? We feel like God's leading a direction but then we go back to our, our own human wisdom again, don't we? But, oh, but, but what about this? You know, but I look at these practical kind of considerations or so-and-so said this and, and sort of like there's this, this, this toing and froing that we have. Number three, when I trust God, He acts on my behalf. When I trust God, God moves into action. God moves mountains for me at times on my behalf. But it comes when I trust God, when I put my faith in him uh, and not in other things it's interesting isn't it that when we read the stories of, of jesus through the gospels when we read the story of uh of god doing things for his people miracles and and all those kinds of things that that most of the time that we read particularly in the gospels i notice this a lot that the people who come to jesus and have their prayers answered that when Je- that, that jesus isn't moved by complaining Jesus isn't moved uh, by people who come and whine about how difficult their life is. Now, I'm sure that there were some. We don't read about many of them in the Gospels um, because I think they're probably, I don't know how those stories ended. But, <laughs> but, but what we see Jesus being moved by is faith. 
And how many times do we read uh, in the Gospels when Jesus said, because of your faith, such and such will be done for you. Because of your faith, you've been healed. Because of your faith, what you've asked for will be done. God is moved to act on my behalf when I'm trusting Him. When I'm trusting Him. Matthew 9, really quickly, this is just, you know, he, he says, because of your faith, it will happen. He's talking to some guy, uh, the, a guy who was blind. Um, and uh, he says, because you believed, because you trusted, what you asked for was done. Faith is, now, now obviously we know that faith is not just kind of thing where it's not just believing and believing. Um, it's not just kind of, you know, putting the, it's not just about wishing for stuff, you know, but it's about, faith is about putting our trust in God. When we are relying on God to take care of us, when we are relying on God for wisdom, when we're relying on God for uh, things, it's not about, you know, whatever my human nature desires. But that's, but that's the thing, like God... God loves to bless His kids. God loves to protect us. God loves to provide for us. And when we're trusting Him, staying close to Him, Jesus talked about in, in John, He said, you stay in me and I stay in you. Ask for whatever you need and it will be given. So when I trust God, He acts on my behalf. And here's the last point. When I trust God... He even uses my mistakes. When I make a decision in faith, when I'm trusting God, even sometimes I, you know, I might make the wrong choice, but God causes things, good things to come out of it anyway. And that's really great. For people like me who are not very decisive, you know, and maybe you can relate to that, but even if you are a kind of decisive person, here's the good news. Even when sometimes if we get it wrong, if we're we're making that decision because of a, you know, we're genuinely wanting to follow God, we're genuinely wanting to make decisions that honour God, we're genuinely wanting to do what He wants in our life, even if we get it wrong, God will still bring good out of it. Romans 8, 28, many of us probably know this verse, says we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. This is not a promise for everybody. This is a promise for those who are called, those who love God and are part of His family. This is a promise for His children. And that's a great thing because uh, it means that when I've got a tough decision to make, this, this is kind of like the safety net for me. It's kind of like that uh, when, when the way, that when the, there isn't an obvious kind of choice, you know, I can agonize over it and sometimes there's that, that temptation to get into almost like this decision paralysis where it's like I'm so afraid to make the wrong decision. And isn't that sometimes the kind of way that, you know, in the past when I've made a wrong choice, even though, you know, I was trying to do the right thing, I I made a wrong choice and I kind of, there's this temptation to feel like God's going to be really upset with me and I can't talk to God about this. And we have the the enemy, Satan, will be really quick to come in and and put barriers between us and God and say, God's going to be upset with you. You know, God's God's going to be really uh, unhappy. God's going to withhold His blessings from your life because you made that mistake. 
We have an enemy that is really quick to point out our faults and make us afraid of our Father. God doesn't want us to be afraid of Him. God wants us to come and go, you know, ah, look, I messed it up, but God, you know, I I was trying to to do this and I know that you're still going to bless my life. I know that you're still going to bring something good out of this. You know, I'm going to keep trying to make the right choices. I'm going to keep trying to honour God with my choices, even if sometimes I, I know that I'll get it wrong in these kind of tough choices. God is our Father who loves us, who understands our limitations, understands our weaknesses, understands our flaws. And that's a great thing to remember when it comes to making tough choices. And I think it helps us to be able to make some of those choices. Can we pray together? Just as we're praying and and as our heads are bowed and as our eyes are closed, I want to just encourage you to think at the moment about any of those kind of decisions that you've got on your plate right now. Are there any of those kind of things that you've been wrestling with, you've been trying to work out what's the right thing, what's not the right thing? And, uh, and as I pray, I want to encourage you to, to pray with me as well for that situation that's in your life. God, I know that there are times when, when I have to make tough choices and I don't always know the right thing to do. But Lord, I want to trust you with my life. I want to trust you with my future. Lord, help me to put you first in my life, in every area of my life. God, I want to put you first. Lord, help me to remember to ask for your wisdom when I face tough choices. Help me to ask for your help. Lord, I thank you that you offer that wisdom freely and without reservation. Father, we thank you that you help us through all kinds of difficult things. Lord, you give us a family to get around us and encourage me. Lord, I thank you that even in those moments when I know I've made the wrong decision, Lord, that as I continue to trust you, I know that you'll bring good out of that situation, that you work everything for my good. Lord, help me to make the kind of decisions as I, uh, as I, as I get into your word and as I, I, I listen to you and as I get people around me that will encourage me in my faith. Lord, I want to have your wisdom. Lord, help me to know that in my life. To make choices that honor you. Pray through your Holy Spirit that you'd be at work in us in every situation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's message. For more information or to listen to other podcasts, head to our website at BethelCRC.org.au or check out Bethel Family Church on Facebook.